There we go. Starting a new series today. You swooped in just the right time. Kids, we are beginning to study the book of Proverbs in the Bible. It has a lot to say about parenting. It has a lot to say about how to treat your parents as well. It's going to be a while before we get to all that. Um, but just if your parents start acting better around you or spoiling you, you can, it's my fault, all right? If everything just goes hunky-dory from here on out, I'm, just make sure you say, thank you, Craig. You're doing wonders on my dad. Everything's good. If you get more discipline in your life, more timeouts, more, you know, um, you can also thank me for that, too, because it's coming. It's coming. Just, but hopefully it'll all balance out, and it will all be better for it. King's Kids, if you're in second grade on down, uh, you are dismissed to King's Kids. And we, we can fudge a little bit on that second grade part if you need to. That's okay. That's understandable. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I think I want to go, but that's a lot of effort. That's a lot of hands and pockets. Lincoln, did you not have any sugar for breakfast? You look, your hair's not even spiky today, dude. You just barely made it here. Good job, Mom. Just getting him out the door. Victory. Getting Roy out the door, that's a victory too, but little Roy, that's even bigger victory. So open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Craig is reading for Craig today. You're stuck. Tag team. By the way, don't invite any more Craigs to this church, all right? We've got enough work. Just kidding. We'll just have to call him something else. Two's too many. Yeah, it's, it's tough, just, you know, between the two of us. All right, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Here we go. The purpose of Proverbs. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, King, Solomon David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insight of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in the Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear, the Lord, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but the fools despise wisdom of discipline and discipline. Amen. Through this series, I'll be going through the English Standard Version for my Bible readings. English Standard Version. Craig, what version do you recommend? Whichever one you will obey. Pick one and do it. In one way, shape, or form, it's going to tell you to follow Jesus, give Him your life, and listen. Trust Him. Uh, that version, that's your version. You find the one, and we want to argue about the details after that. We'll do. We can have some good coffee over that. You pay for the coffee. We'll talk about it as long as you want, Travis. long as you want. We'll go to town on that. Uh, and I appreciate my Bible readers. They're going to be using different versions. Amplified version. Christian, you have another amplified version fan in the crowd, in case you didn't notice. Uh, New Living Translation, 
NIV, King James, bring it. It's all good if you do it. That's my philosophy on that. And in Proverbs, that translation we just read was really helpful. If you'll notice, a lot of the words were different than probably your translation. But they have a lot of the same meaning, and they're all pointing to the same wisdom. You can say the same thing a lot of different ways. If you couldn't, then all of your English assignments would be plagiarism. We can all say the same thing many, many different ways. Kind of a thing about, you know, going to college. That's crazy when the teacher would hand you a book, summarize chapter one. He just, I just, he just did it. He's got a whole book on chapter one. Why do I have to summarize it? Because we want to know that you know it. And it doesn't mean you just copy the first sentence from every paragraph and you have summarized it. That's, that's not what it's about. So too, these sermons are not just about reading what it says, telling you go do likewise. Uh, we need to flesh these things out. We need to handle them. We need to read different words, different translations. We need to define words. We're going to look at context. We've got a lot to look at in the book of Proverbs. It is, it's an amazing book. Amazing book. Do we need it? Let me tell you how much you need it. Think of how often you mess up. Think of some of the hurtful words you've said to friends. Think of some of the hurtful words you've said to your own family. Think of the hurtful words you've yelled at referees and coaches. If you can't think of any hurtful things you've done to other people, you're worse off than you even know. Because we all hurt people. Think of the times you've said more than you should. Think of the times you spoke too quickly and couldn't get your words back. Think about when someone confronted you with something that you needed, but you blew them off. Who do you think you are? Think about the time you should have lovingly confronted someone, but didn't. Think about the person whose feelings you hurt. Think about that lie you desperately hope no one uncovers. Think about what you keep hidden from your parents. Think about that time you screamed, I hate you. Think about that time you silently gave up and checked out on someone and cut them out of your life forever. Think about that relationship you pursued that everyone warned you against. Think about that secret you just couldn't keep to yourself. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Gossip, slander. Think about the times you bragged about yourself so others would think better about you. Think about the mistakes you've made raising your kids. Think about the times you didn't discipline a behavior and it got out of control. Think about a time when you did the exact thing you told your children not to do and they saw it. Think about the grudges you hold and refuse to let go. Think about the times you've been stingy with your money instead of generous. 
Think about the frivolous spending that drains your accounts. Think about the scam that fooled you or nearly fooled you. Think about the times you didn't finish something on time because you were too busy gaming, too busy scrolling, and you lost track of your responsibilities. Think about the people you are jealous of because they got a promotion of you. Think about the things other people have that you want. The cars, the clothes, the eyelashes, the phone, the skills, the home. Think about the times you've nagged your spouse or ignored helping your spouse. Think about how you repeat the same mistakes and sins over and over again. Do you need help? Yes. I'm answering that for you. You need help. You're stuck in that body, in that life, with that attitude, with that personality, with that temperament, with those scars, with that pain, with that life, with that abandonment, with that abuse, with that health. You are in need of God. How does God give us himself through Jesus? And then what? And then we can experience the mind and the heart of God. That is wisdom. Proverbs is attempting to give us the heart and mind of God. Not just so we know how to act right in every single situation, but so that we will be right even if we don't know what to do in a situation. We will stop hurting ourselves, hurting other people. That's what wisdom does. It connects you with God. Proverbs 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. I want you to understand, this is royal advice. Proverbs, royal advice. Hope you like my new slide theme. This is retro wisdom, so I went with a, a retro gaming theme. I, I hate calling the 80s retro because I remember them, but it is what it is, man. It's old school. This advice is royal. It's the words of Solomon, who's the son of David. But it's to his sons, who are all the rest of the kings. Not just Rehoboam, his next son, the next king. But it's written in such a way it's addressing the royal line, the royalties. This is royal advice. And that's good. That's kind of the way people market stuff to us. Hey, the cool kids have this. Hey, the smart people use this. Hey, the rich people. Okay, this is the wisdom of true leaders. And we need it. No matter what you're leading, no matter where you live, no matter your situation, you need this advice and it's good. It's good and it's rich. Let's define what the purpose of wisdom is. The purpose of wisdom is to marry your heart and mind with God's heart and mind. And that is, that is, that is not a word 
to marry, to marry my mind with God's mind, to marry my heart with God's heart. It is a, a, a metaphor that is used all throughout the Bible about the way God wants to relate with humanity, the way he wants to be one with us, live in union with us, commune with us, love on us. The deepest meaning to the word love is a commitment forever. That's marriage. And the book of Proverbs is showing us God wants our heart and mind married with His. Not dating His. Not hooking up with His. Not just hanging out with His. The life of being a follower of Jesus Christ is a life of absolute, lifelong commitment. That's how we talk about it. The bride and the groom. It's the best figure of speech God gives us on how we are to be related to Him. And you can get that even if you're not married. It's not about being married. It's about being connected with God. And that's the purpose of wisdom. All these instructions... If you'll notice in your Bible, this is poetry. And a lot of the ways it was written give us the organization we need to understand it. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, verse 2, to know, verse 3, to receive, verse 4, to give, verse 6, to understand. That's the structure. It gives us the structure. We don't even, have to, we don't even have to work hard on this sermon. Like, there are your points. Run with it. Piece of cake. I love it. So let's do the first one. Verse 2. What's the purpose of wisdom? The purpose of wisdom is to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. So write this down. It's to gain instruction and insight, which can also be translated... Correction and discipline. That's what it means. To receive moral instruction. To understand words of insight. Another way to translate that is to learn wisdom and moral instruction and to discern words of wise counsel. A lot of the different words to say the same thing. But it's gaining. It's receiving. In verse 3, to receive is the same word, instruction, which is moral instruction. To receive moral instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So to know good and bad. That, that brings us back to the purpose of humanity in Genesis 3. How are you going to live your life? Are you willing to receive wisdom from God? He's dishing it out and you are calmly, patiently receiving it. Or are you going to be like your nature, grasp and take what you want on your terms at your time, when you want it, where you want it, how you want it. That is the definition of sin, living life on your own terms. That's where Adam and Eve fell. Eat of all the trees. Enjoy all this lush, 
garden. But don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. So what did they do? You mean that one? And that, that looks really good. I think it's going to make me wise. I think it's going to help me be like God. I think I'm, I think I'm grasping, taking out of order. Does God want us to have a knowledge of good and bad? Absolutely. But he wants us to learn it and receive it from him on his timing as he knows we need it. How does God bring those things, that wisdom into our lives? Through circumstances? Through other people? Through other Christians? Sometimes through prayer? We get feelings and we pray about things and God leads us and guides us. And through His Word, that's how God speaks. Through His Word, through our prayer life, through other people, and through circumstances. And that's how we receive wisdom. It's not something we're supposed to just be out there, you know, you don't just go mine it. You don't just read these things and got it. Just got these words. It's not words. It's moral instruction, which means the target is not just you getting it. It's you living it from the inside out. Willingly, happily, Proverbs talks a lot about giving and generosity, and the New Testament crystallizes that. Cheerful giver. Yeah, well, I give a lot. <sighs> I hate it. Okay, you can give a lot, but if it doesn't excite you to further God's kingdom, God's purpose, God's church, God's people, then you shouldn't be giving. That's, that's, that's not how it works. Cheerful generous to know good and bad so we're tapping into that theme from genesis 3 verse 4 here's another reason why we need wisdom we need these proverbs verse 4 to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth to give prudence that's sometimes translated shrewdness, which, fun fact, is that the root word used to describe the serpent in the garden. He was shrewd, cunning, clever. God wants us to be that. The serpent used it, the Satan used it for evil. God wants us to use it for good. It's recapturing that which has been corrupted. That's awesome. Wisdom, these Proverbs, will give us prudence to the simple. And that's not, simple is morally naive. You don't necessarily know the right thing to do in the right situation. Um, which is, so number four, the blank I want you to fill in there, to exercise discernment. This is situational reasoning. Not just you know the right thing to do, but you know the right time to do it. Is it right to help people? Yes. Should I always give everything I have to everyone who asks? Hmm. That's situational reasoning. You smell alcohol on their breath? 
you shouldn't be giving a drunk a drink. You know something about them. You know they have a gambling addiction. We need to have situational discernment so we help people in ways that actually help them. If you're old school, you know, you call that hard love. You give them what they need, and they say, that's not what I want. You, that's not hard love. That's just love. Giving people what they need doesn't always mean we give them what they want. And it's going to take some planning and some thinking. When you run across people, especially strangers, you need to have a plan how you're going to help, how you're going to actually help people, not just enable them. Proverbs has a lot to say about that, and it's good. It will help us with our discernment and our situational reasoning so we can be shrewd as serpents, harmless as doves. And if on that, uh, you know, discretion to the youth, did your dad give you an elbow, Ethan? Or was he like, hey, listen up. This is for you, kid. Well, good. I'm glad he didn't. He must have read the next verse. Because the next verse says, hey, those of you who are wise already, you have some wisdom, you're older, let the wise keep listening and hearing and increase their own learning. And the one who understands already, you already understand a few things, keep understanding and obtain more guidance. So this is covering everybody. You're young and you're naive and you're inexperienced. This book is for you. You've done a few things right. You've lived a few days. You've got a few things under your belt. Keep listening. Keep gaining wisdom. There's no end to it. You have more to learn. Whether you're 7 or 77, you have more to learn. You have more ways to grow. Verse 6, to understand a proverb, that's also the word discern, to discern some things, to have a, a really good understanding of it, to discern, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So, do we need this book? Yes. Why do we need these Proverbs? In this blank, it's to understand complex truths, which are simple and hard at the same time. There are a whole lot of Proverbs that are really on the low shelf. There are Proverbs that'll catch your attention. They're kind of at eye level. It's that zone at Walmart where they put the, the products that make them the most money, they put them where they're easy to see, easy to grab for the average height American. Right here. So even if you're this tall, you can still reach it. Or you're that tall, you can still reach it. The stuff they don't sell a whole lot of, bottom shelf. Stuff they don't sell a whole lot of, top shelf. There are Proverbs down here. And there are going to be some Proverbs you can't quite reach yet. Be okay with that. I just don't get that. It's okay. You don't have to get it. Look for these ones. Look for the ones that are going to change your life, make you sweeter, make you kinder, gentler, 
make you love God more. How do I get it? Okay, I see it's on the shelf. I know I need it. It's on my list of God things. I need these things in my life. Discernment, moral instruction, uh, integrity, wisdom, righteousness. I need these things. Proverbs has them. How do I get them? In other words, what does my shopping cart look like? Verse 7. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Have I preached on the fear of the Lord enough yet? Are we there yet? Do we have a robust understanding of what it means to fear the Lord? We should. It's a big, complicated, awesome phrase. The fear of the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. It's not just the end. It's not just the introduction. It is woven all throughout the recipe of wisdom. Wisdom is complicated. Show me that slide. Wisdom is complicated. Because if, if fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, why didn't he mention that first? The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David. Fear the Lord, you fools, or you'll always be a fool. Why didn't he start with that? Why didn't he open with that? I think it's because... You don't get that right off the bat. It's like he shows you what you need. You need in, gain insight. You need to know good and bad, better from best, so you can avoid bad from worst. You need, you need to exercise discernment. You need to think more deeply about things because you're going to have some big decisions to make. And, and discernment is, is not just what is right and wrong. Discernment is thinking forward. Uh, discernment is things like saving for retirement. That takes a discerning mind. Instead of spending everything I have now to be happy and hoping the government does a good job taking care of you in the future because they, they have a really good track record of handling your money and they're really good at planning and thinking ahead. Come on. Discernment thinks of the future, and what can I do? What is my role? What decisions can I make today that will change my life in 70 years? That's discernment. I want that. I want to understand complex truths. Some of you have minds that are really technical. You like to figure things out. Even if you're artistic, you like to see how things go together, work together. You like to express yourself in creative and different ways. When we come to the Bible, you're bringing that mindset to the Bible, and it's a good thing. It's appealing. There are mysteries and riddles in here. Yeah, that, how does that work in everyday life? That, that's appealing. That, that appeals to our senses and our temperament. Wisdom is a person. We're going to start that next week. Because that should be, wait, whoa, what? Well, he's talking about God, right? Yeah. Well, who's all wise? God is. Or you can give me the Sunday school answer, Jesus. Like, what's the answer? Jesus is the answer. Okay, yes. What else? You know? Wisdom is a person. The book of Proverbs actually doesn't begin the Proverbs. 
until chapter 10. <laughs> Why do you call it the book of Proverbs and you can have all these lectures and all these poems? This is it, number six. Because this isn't just about a fact-finding mission. This is about a why mission. It's about discovering the heart of God. You see, in our Christian life, we did this at Advent. We're not looking for peace. God is our peace. We're not looking for hope. God is our hope. We don't have faith in something. We have faith in someone. We're not just out to receive the love of God. We're out to love God. And with wisdom, we're not just gaining wisdom. We're gaining God. When we look at it from that perspective, wisdom is God. It's God's heart and it's God's mind. And he wants to marry the way he thinks about things with the way we think about things. And that's a lot less about him coming down. He's done that. And it's going to be more about you rising up, telling yourself when you are wrong, when your thinking is incorrect and unbiblical, rising up to meet the challenge of recalibrating your entire life to narrow it down and focus on God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You're not going to do these things, and these things are not going to work unless more than you fear your friends, more than you fear being embarrassed, more than you fear being alone, more than you fear anything else, you fear God with reverence and respect and honor. When, you, when God has first place in your life, then these nuggets of truth or gears of truth all fit in place. It works. It hums. It spins. It's righteousness. It's holiness. It's Jesus. Jesus embodies a life of living this. That's amazing. Next blank. So here's a summary statement. Proverbs is showing us God's royal insight, verse 1, into what is good and bad, verses 2 and 3, so that we will use discernment, verse 4, shrewdness, situational reasoning, to gradually understand God, verse 5 and 6, like a son of David. That's verses 1 and 7. If you know anything about the man that God used to write the bulk, not all of it, but the bulk of the book of Proverbs, Solomon, you should be a little disappointed. Because even though God gave him supernatural wisdom, he didn't live by it. Heartbreak. So it's possible for you to understand all these things, and jump off the deep end. 
and sabotage your family and destroy your marriage, bankrupt your business, alienate your children, hate your neighbor, abuse your neighbor, take advantage of other people, and have this whole book memorized. You could memorize this book. That's not what changes your life. It's embodying this book. It's living by this book. It's the marriage of your life, your heart, your mind with God's heart, God's will, and God's mind. And I know really well every blessing God has brought into your life, He is coming down to get closer to you so you see Him and grab Him. But He doesn't ever intend to leave you where He finds you. He's always out to elevate you closer and closer to His heart, to His mind, to His purpose, to His will. Welcome to the book of Proverbs. God is on a mission to get you, to help you, to strengthen you. Proverbs. One last note. As we go through this book, there is not a hyper-focus on law. Old Testament has a lot of law, right? The Israelites, the Jewish people, they had temple laws, religious laws, ceremonial laws, uh, they have all kinds of food laws, clothing laws, where to go, when to go there, what to do. They have the Ten Commandments as the outline of the laws. A lot of law, right? Why don't I see that on every page of Proverbs? If this is about God, where's the law? I think that's a good question. Again, you can keep all the laws and hate God. So that's a, it's kind of astounding that this culture, uh, th these people, God's people, God's king, doesn't write another book of Leviticus. This is not Deuteronomy chapter 3, part 3. This is not Ten Commandments or the Twenty Commandments. He doesn't take what God's already said and add to them or even repeat them. It's implied. There's righteousness. There's obedience talked about in there. It's implied. The law is the blueprint, but... The reason this book does not focus on law is because wisdom, wisdom in the entire Old Testament, wisdom is a concept that goes beyond the letters and aims for the heart. Beyond the words and aiming for the motives. Wisdom makes spiritual living a heart issue. That's what it does. You're intended to grow. We're intended to increase our wisdom. This is not behavior modification. I don't want you to hear a proverb and then be like, you need to do that now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the proverb, chew on it, think about it, absorb it. Am I that? Do I want that? Am I like that? How can I be that? How can I live that out? Because some of these Proverbs are ancient. None of you take your own scales and weights and measurements to Walmart for the fruit and vegetables. And the Bible, have a just weight. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to Walmart. I'm going to weigh it all myself. Yours isn't just. Mine is just. Like, we don't live by some of these things. It's just, there's a, there's a cultural disconnect. But the point is the same. 
especially if you have a yard sale. You don't sell it at a high price and you know it doesn't work. That's unjust measurement. Somebody's looking at that jacket you're selling like, oh man, that's a good price. Yeah. Zipper's broken, hood's missing, <laughs> holes in the pockets. Now, if it's marked 25 cents, they should know it's got something wrong with it, right? But if it's marked 50 bucks, oh, that's an unjust. You're trying to take advantage of somebody. Even the parts of the Bible that seem disconnected, if you'll stop and think about it long enough, they are all up in your grill. They're talking to you. So be careful when we come to a proverb, if you don't get it, don't dismiss it. Stare at it and look at it. Let me end by saying, if you are struggling to think about yourself the right way, like we started off, all the ways you've messed up, done things wrong, welcome to the club. That's what it means to be human. And Proverbs is going to acknowledge we're all messed up. But there's a way out, and it's Jesus Christ. Well, Proverbs doesn't mention Jesus. You're right. That's because Jesus embodies Proverbs. Proverbs was made for him. You can't live up to all this stuff. You're going to fall short. But with Jesus' help, Jesus' mind, Jesus' spirit, you can actually do some of these things. All of them? No, you're not perfect. Forgive yourself and let's learn. Stand with me. Let's pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. Think deeply about your life. How are you doing? How are you living? You feel like you have everything together, at least on the outside. What about the inside? In different seasons of life, we have different struggles, different needs. There are things about you that nobody else knows but God. Are you struggling to piece things together? Are you surrendered to God's process for gaining wisdom and living life on His terms? Or have you been grasping, dreaming, lusting, coveting, going after life on your own terms? It's not going to work forever. Grasping after life on your own terms always runs in to God. You can't escape Him. So where do you need the most help? What area, relationship of your life do you want God to break through? Is it at work? Is it at home? Is it a relationship? Is it your own mind? Your own habits? Your own hang-ups. Talk to Him right now. Lay your life at the feet of Jesus and ask for help. Ask for a miracle. God, help me to stop worrying about that so much. Help me to not do that so much. Set my mind free from that worry, from that fear. I want to fear you. I want you to consume my heart and my mind. I want you to be first and foremost in my life so I want to do the right thing. God, I don't even want to. Change me. 
Help me want to do the right thing. We come to you right now, God, in the name of Jesus, and we say, help us. We need your help. We need your mind. We need your heart. And even if we don't reach out properly all the time, God, reach down and grab us, shake us, and set us on the right path. In Jesus' name, amen. How great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the god of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken i am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my living hope hallelujah praise the the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence 
The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. for today is from Romans chapter 11 verses 33 through 36. Oh, the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor? or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>